it's the fourth and 40 show coming to you again live from the uh we're gonna call it the sweep the league studios we're gonna be talking nfc conference nfc west east north and south we're gonna actually jump into the west but before we do rudy campos jr coach geo the man behind the glass chris galler making everything go here at fourth and 40 Last week, we previewed the AFC conference. This week, it's going to be all NFC talk. Probably the better conference, I think. Every, everybody's joining this conference. We're seeing guys like Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski jump over to the same team and in the NFC as well. We're going to start off this preview with the NFC West, where our very own Coach Geo is yes. here to talk about his uh, LA Rams. Before we do, let's get into some... NFC West talk. The the one of the teams in here that is kind of the unknown but has been making strides into the right direction are the Arizona Cardinals. We saw Kyler Murray come up last year. He was doing pretty good. You know, he still saw some of the struggles, and they did end up trading for a DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they ended up losing to David Johnson, who went to Houston. But does the DeAndre Hopkins move actually – make them that much better because I still say you got to get the ball to him. Is Murray that quarterback to get the ball to Hopkins? I think so, Rudy. I think he's going to have the ability in year two. The offense will progress. They should be able to continue that success. Also running the football with Kenyon Drake. Now he was in a walking boot last week, so I'm not sure what to kind of read between the lines there, but Murray would take that jump in year two. That offense should improve. I think also a key point, Rudy, is the offensive line. They struggled a lot last year. And when you're mm-hmm. facing pass rushers like Bosa and Aaron Donald, you got to have an offensive line. That will be key. But for Hopkins, I mean, Rudy, he's played with some pretty bad quarterbacks, some pretty no-name quarterbacks. So I got to believe that Hopkins will be a huge threat on this offense. They're going to need to, and they're going to need to score some points. They're playing yeah. some very good defenses in, in, in this division. Yeah, I mean, you're talking defense is obviously one of the better, if not the best defense in the in the uh, league. Wait. Actually, it's the 49ers. Oh, so. I, I thought you. I thought you oh were no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, but then again, you got the Rams. I mean, Aaron Donald and the Rams—that's a defense juggernaut itself. The the Seahawks, you know, were always built on D. So I mean, you can't really say there's no bad defense in this uh, division alone. But you're right. Even with the Kenyon Drake thing. I mean, Chase Edmonds being his backup is not a bad backup at all. Chase Edmonds can get the job done if Kenyon isn't there. What I look forward to is I am really interested, before we move on to the next team, I'm really interested in seeing this defense because I had Isaiah Simmons ranked super high, you know, the best athlete in this past draft. I've I've been seeing some good things coming out of uh, Cardinals camp with Isaiah Simmons. How do you think this defense is going to do? Because you still got Buda Baker, I mean, you still you got Chandler Jones. You still got people there that, you know, this defense can't compete. And I think in Isaiah Simmons, if he can be a ball hawk like we're expecting him to be, this defense is going to be a lot better than what we're expecting. Yeah, Rudy, I think this defense, I mean, just by the year should improve. Uh, you know, they're coming in into a season where there's a lot of great offenses. Uh, but they have the pieces. Chandler Jones is a beast. Uh, so they got the pieces on defense, Rudy. Is Isaiah Simmons, can he take that big leap? I think he's going to be pretty good this season. How good? We'll wait to see. But they're going to be able to move him around. He can come to the box. He, he could do a whole lot. And the versatility, having him back there with Baker, 
this is going to present some challenges from some for some offenses back there. Yeah, for sure. I've actually got Arizona pegged as right in that three or four spot in the in the division. Uh, the one team that we're going to spend probably the less time on is the next one here because we want to kind of get to the last two here. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, you know, uh, you've got Jimmy G back. The whole backcourt between uh, Raheem Moster, Tevin Coleman, and McKinnon, even Jeff Wilson, I mean, Jr., He's you've got four running backs that are capable of being a starter in San Francisco. They got the rookie, Brandon Ike there. You know, you've got pieces there for San Francisco to still be – you know, that team to come out of the NFC, uh, the defense is still, you know, amazingly good with Boza, Ken Law, you know, Richard Sherman. You know, he's the ageless wonder, but he's still getting it done. <laughs> There's so much on this San Francisco team that I like. Give me a quick rundown for uh, your 49 for the 49ers. Like I said, this is a team I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time on. Yeah, you know, really the San Francisco 49ers are going to have to deal with the Super Bowl hangover, and I think that's going to be a thing. It's It's been a thing, right? Every single year, at least one of the teams have a hangover. San Francisco is an interesting team, though, Rudy. They come out in different sets, different multiple sets offensively. You can't really gauge on one right back, Rudy, because one week it's Raheem Mostert. The next is Tevin Coleman. Matt Breida is gone, but they always have kind of different parts flowing in their offense. So you, they don't have to have a true number one receiver, Rudy. They kind of do those gadget plays and and really force you to really guard the entire field. They're going to be okay. This is going to be a football team. Just the way they play mm-hmm. is, is, I think, going to help when it comes to a Super Bowl hangover simply because their offense is a run-first offense, and they're going to continue that. Yeah, and like I said, you know, I expect them probably to finish as the, first, the top team in this division. Uh, but going into the team that I don't know exactly what to expect from is the Seattle Seahawks. You still have Russell Wilson. You still got Lockett and Carson. DK Metcalf was making some big, big strides this year. They ended up, I believe, seeing they ended up signing Josh Gordon to a one-year deal. If that pans out, that gives Russ another weapon on the offensive side. I'm not loving this, you know, this Seahawks defense so much this year. Uh, Bobby Wagner, you know, you got Bruce Irvin. Uh, Shakreem Griff- Griffith, I mean, you've got guys here, but the one piece they added was Jamal Adams. Is that enough of a piece to get Seattle over that hump and put them at one, or can they still finish in that two or three in the division? Rudy, he's an awesome talent. I mean, the Jets, <laughs> they're complete idiots, but he's the type of safety, Rudy. You, you got to move him around. You just can't keep him kind of statue in that one spot. They need to move him around. And the Seahawks, at least the past few years, they haven't really been known for all that kind of stuff. So I'm a little worried that he might just not fit in with that culture in Seattle. It's kind of wait and see. Russell Wilson's a beast. I mean, he's going to continue to be an MVP candidate. Chris Carson is a phenomenal running back. I mean, he's just a a downhill guy if he stays healthy. This Seattle team is also kind of weird, Rudy, because if the Rams kick – a field goal last year, don't mess against Seattle. The Rams are in the playoffs. The Seahawks are not, right? So this Seahawks team kind of living on a prayer. I think they're not going to be as good as they were last year. I think they take a step back, uh, but Russell Wilson is going to be fine. I see them probably eight or nine, definitely 10 wins, of course. But if they they progress or regress, I should say, seven or nine, maybe eight and eight, I don't think they're that going to be that good. Are you okay? So let me before we move on to the Rams here, I want to ask you this because this is something that I was thinking about uh, offseason wise. It has nothing to do with fantasy football, so let's not let's not get into the fantasy talk with this one guy. 
But does adding a Greg Olson, you know, a veteran tight end who was one of fantasy football's, yes, top receivers, uh, top, top tight ends, but in, ba- in uh, not basketball, in football, he was one of the top tight ends in football, period, when he was in Carolina. I know he's not the Greg Olson of old, but does this piece right here give Russ, you know, a little bit more of an edge when it comes on the offensive side? Because now he's got that tight end that, you know, can catch and is big and can make a play for him. They do, Rudy, but how much? I mean, Greg Olson's been hurt the past few seasons. It's like, how much do you put into it? Put it that way, I guess is what yeah. I'm asking. It, it's it's tough to gauge. If you get a Greg Olson, a full, healthy Greg Olson for 16 games, sure. I mean, there's going to be an opportunity. But at the end of the day, it's just how much does he have left in the tank? Similar to Tyler Eifert, right? But Tyler Eifert's been really hurt the past several years. How much does Greg have left in the tank? He's going to be a very good player. If he plays all 16, like I said, he's going to be a very good piece. But to me, Seattle, it's Russell Wilson. Yeah, it is. He goes as he goes. If he's not having a good day, there's really no one else. Though I feel like that's going to be able to do it. I mean, I think he's going to take that next step, but. Yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that. See, Seattle's one of those teams we don't know where they're they're going to be landing in that division. They could be the best team in the division. They could just kind of fall apart and be the worst team in that uh, division. You know, uh, one team that, again, is the same way, and this is 4th and 40, Rudy Carpus Jr., Coach Gio, Chris Galler. We're talking about the, um, the NFC uh, West right now, and the last thing we've got previewing here are the LA Rams. Now, I know that's your team, and this is – I've been looking at this team a little bit outside of Hard Knocks on HBO. Um, you know, one guy that stands out because you definitely got Jared Goff, you got Cup and Woods. Uh, Higby is going to be the tight end there that's going to make a difference for them on that side of the ball. You got that third receiver battle here. Normally, this would probably go to, I mean, back then it was Brandon Cooks, you know, a year ago. But normally, I figured coming into the season, this would go to a Josh Reynolds. But we're seeing the emergence of a receiver and a guy that you've kind of talked about every now and then on Twitter and social media in Van Jefferson. Before we hit that defense, what do you got going on? We have about a minute and a half left on this first side. But what do you got on Van Jefferson? Because a lot of people aren't going to exactly know what's going on. This guy is a outstanding route runner. His dad played in the NFL for a long time. He just is a professional. You just kind of look at his demeanor. Kind of reminds me of like a Robert Woods. Rudy, don't be surprised. He is third string, apparently third on the depth chart. Van Jefferson is going to, I think, have some pretty good games this season. Mm-hmm. You know, is he a, a full threat all six in games? Probably not. But, Rudy, his route running just gets him open. Watch out for Van Jefferson. If any one of these guys go down, whether it's Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson can step in and play right away. That's how good he is uh, mm-hmm. as a rookie. Okay, and like I said, I wanted to get everybody's uh, you know attention pointed at Van Jefferson. I'm even talking about him. We got about 35 seconds here. Well, the defense, obviously, all we got to say one name is Aaron Donald. The second guy is Jalen Ramsey. I think this defense is going to be good. Give me a quick 10 second here on your defense. Yeah, so this defense, really, you know, the way Phillips is gone, right? So they bring in yeah. young defensive coordinator coming in. He's having the ability to kind of challenge these players. The defense. Yeah. You know, we did lose a linebacker out for the year, but this defense is being retooled little by little. But they got strong pieces. That's secondary with Josh Johnson and Taylor Rapp. 
is going to be very special this year. This defense, I think, is going to be potentially a top 10 defense. And on offense, Jared Goff coming in this season, he has the opportunity to take control of this offense. Todd Gurley's gone. Uh, but another key point is the offensive line. They need to kind of settle in. But besides that, I think this is going to be a football team that's going to surprise uh, yeah. a lot of teams this year because no one's really picking us. Yeah, that was the uh, this is the NFC conference uh, preview show here on Fourth and Forty. That was the NFC West. Rudy Campos Jr., Gio, Coach Dio, and Chris Galler will be right back. Rudy Campos Jr. here reminding you to listen to the Sports Time from the Carrasco Realty Group Studios here on 9:30 a.m. The Answer every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Sweep the League, Fourth and Forty. And the Fantasy Countdown, contact me, Rudy Campos Jr. My email is rcomposjr at iCloud.com. And welcome back to the 4th and 40 show. Rudy Campos Jr., Chris Galler, Coach Geo, previewing the NFC uh, conference. We just got done with the NFC West. Now we're going to head over to the NFC North division, one of the divisions where, you know, it's it's classic football. It's hard-nosed football. Speaking of hard-nosed football, we're heading over to uh, Chicago now. So looking at Chicago, it just came out. Uh, actually, I believe this morning is what we saw this morning. Um, it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starting QB. And with a guy like Nick Foles there, I don't know what Mitch is doing up there, but apparently he's doing some really good things. He's still got David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, <laughs> Anthony Miller, uh, you added a Jimmy Graham for the tight end position. Their defense is still, you know, it's their defense, man. Khalil Mack, you've got uh, Roquan Smith, Dan Trevathan. You know, you have Robert Quinn up there. I mean, this this Bears defense is good, but when you look at the overall picture, it just comes down to one position, doesn't it? It's quarterback. It's quarterback Rudy and Trubisky. I mean, I thought Nick Foles was going to win this job. Aren't they paying Nick Foles a good amount of money, Rudy, to be a backup, it looks like? Is yeah, that kind I of mean, a strange... You're talking about a guy that... I mean, you're talking about a guy, you know, who took the Eagles Super Bowl. I mean, I don't he know looks why good. I don't know why Cam Newton, but that's... It, it, it is what it is. It's the Bears, man. I mean... It's the Bears. You know, the Bears could have had Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson, but nonetheless, Trubisky is back yeah. as a starter. And Rudy, this offense... I think should be okay. Montgomery getting kind of nicked up uh, during training camp is a caution because Tyree Cohen, he's not mm-hmm. your every down back like Montgomery is. I'm not sure what to make of his offense already. I think Alan Robinson is going to have a big year. You do have Jimmy Graham kind of working in the fold. But last season, their tight ends just seemed not to be very productive. And, that, mm-hmm. and that's why Trey Burton's gone from Chicago. So, uh for, for this offense is just really unknown for me. I, I'm not sure what to expect. Does Trubisky take that next step, or is he just, you know, just waiting to get his job replaced again? I think Nick Foles, before we move on, I think Nick Foles is going to actually win that job uh, probably within a few weeks. I mean, you, you've got to get – I think they come out of the gates a little slow. Uh, but where I'm seeing is I think Nick Foles is going to end up being the starting QB there. Once that happens, you'll be able to see the emergence of a few also, guys. Right. Oh, I'm so uh, good. Trubisky – Matt Nagy needs to really put him in good spots. I mean, he's supposed to be an awesome play caller. Put Trubisky in his best opportunity to be successful. But 
Rudy, if Jabrisky has another bad season, do you think Matt Nagy's on the hot seat a little bit? Yeah, I think this is a make or break season for Matt Nagy. There's there's no way I can see him because look at it, man. The talent is there in Chicago. I mean, there's no reason why they should be struggling, you know, to even like score point. It's just a quarterback position. Grow a set of balls, Nagy, and put Mitch on the bench. I mean, you've got Nick Foles there. He's the better QB of the two. What you're seeing in the offseason with Mitch, it's not going to go into the season. We've seen this already, what, the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, you've seen really good off-seasons for Mitch Trubisky, and then you get into the season, and it's crap. So I, I doubt that there's any anything changing on this whole thing when it comes to the Bears QB. I have no so, idea. Yeah, I mean, he's just got to grow a set of nuts and make that <laughs> change. Now, one team that did make that change or is about to make that change here, and I'm not so sure it's a good one, is the Green Bay Packers. We're looking at, you know, what they did in the uh, 2020 draft. They needed to fill some, you know, some voids there. Obviously, a receiver would have been, you know, hands down the best uh, move by them. But they end up taking Jordan Love, who everybody's saying, hey, this is Aaron Rodgers' backup. He's his replacement, really. Jordan Love definitely is the QB where I think he's got the most potential and could be one of, you know, the better QBs to come out of this pass draft. But he's not ready yet. I understand that. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. He, He's not, I mean, outside of Devontae Adams, I mean, everyone's going to jump on the Aaron Jones bandwagon because of what he did last season. But I don't see the same production out of Aaron Jones. It's Rodgers and Adams on the offensive side. That's about it for me. I mean, you've got Valdez, Scantling. The defense is not exactly a defense you're going to, you know, win a bunch of games with. I mean, Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander, you still got some guys there, but this, yeah, this Packers team, yeah, yeah, this Packers team just doesn't scream good. Well, Rudy, what I think they overachieved last season. I thought the way they kind of finished, we didn't think they would win that many games, and they ended up doing it. No. I think Aaron Rodgers takes a step back. For he, listen, he, people don't want to admit it, but the past several years he's just taking a step back and I just don't think this football team is going to be that good this season I don't think they won the division and potentially I don't think they make the playoffs Aaron Jones is going to have to continue to step up and and Aaron Rodgers again did not get him no help there was a good amount of receivers in free agency and in every that receiver draft imagine Aaron Rodgers with maybe a Van Jefferson right or maybe Mm -hmm. uh Brian Edwards, who's playing with the Raiders right now, nothing. And they got the wow. same guys as last year, Scantley, some guy named Lizard, whatever. <laughs> and, Sorry. yeah, so I'm not sold on this football team. I'm really not. Yeah, and one, I'll tell you what, one football team that I kind of am sold on right now just by what uh, we're looking at is the Detroit Lions. We got to get into some Lions talk. We've been talking to Matthew Stafford all year, if you know, all offseason, really. If he's healthy, this Lions team is a stud on the offensive side. You went out and got a DeAndre Swift. You still got to carry on Johnson. You know, your receiving core, you have Galladay. I mean, you've got Hawkinson as your tight end. This offense for the Lions is it's ready, I think. Stafford needs to bring these guys together, take that next step uh, towards, you know, make, you know, towards being an explosive offense, which he has all the pieces for. 
it's the defense that I'm worried about. They did add Jeff Okuda, which is a massive ad for them. You know, that's he has the shutdown corner potential. Yeah. So Slay go. So I mean, they had. Yeah, to. I mean, letting Slay go and getting the Okuda, I would have loved to seen Okuda and Slay together. That would have been really good. But is the line? Are we still seeing the Lions maybe finishing third or fourth in that division? Like they're there, but they're not quite there yet. Probably Rudy. I mean, this is going to be a pretty competitive division. Matthew Stafford has a big arm. They got Swift. Uh, this is a football team. I think for them to be successful, Rudy, they got to run the football. And the rankings and stats don't lie. They just haven't been a team that just ran the ball very effectively. Ran better last year, but with Swift coming into the fold, you got to run that football. Keep Matthew Stafford high percentage throws. They have the talent, and Matthew Stafford was playing pretty well before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Rudy, this is a, another team like the the, the Packers. I, you could, don't kind of know what's going to happen this season. If Stafford's healthy, he, he might be healthy all 16 games, Rudy, and they'll win five games. Uh, it's, it's just one of these things where yeah. the Lions have just been in a rough the past few seasons. But they have the offense, the defense, which you would think would be much better with Matt Patricia. Haven't quite had that Matt Patricia kind of defense. This could be the year. You never know. Uh, though I think the Lions would be competitive. They have the two receivers back there. They have this skill set. Yeah, it is. I mean, they've got it there. This is, like I said, this is one of those teams that you get in the division where you're like, well, where do they finish? Do they finish, you know, here? Do they finish there? If if everything goes correctly for Detroit, I mean, they could finish as high as two in the division. I know Green Bay went 13 and three last year. I don't see Green Bay being 13 and three. I actually see Green oh. Bay as being the uh, the low, probably the low team on the total four here. Russian. And that yeah. would probably put them at not, maybe eight nine wins, right? So yeah, so I mean, we're talking. I think it's going to be Detroit right around the second or third in the division. Uh, the team I think actually has a legit chance of running away with this division is the Minnesota Vikings, who's the last team on the NFC North uh, preview that we're doing here. Fourth and forty, Rudy Cowpush Jr., Coach Geo, Chris Galler, and the Vikings. I mean. Everybody likes a dog on Kirk Cousins, you know, but, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he's probably been one of the more consistent quarterbacks the last few years. Uh, if you look at overall, I mean, you still got uh, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. You went out and added one of the best wide receivers in this draft and Justin Jefferson to replace a Stefan Diggs who ended up, you know, getting traded. Their tight end position is solid, man. I mean, you're going, you got three deep in Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr., and Tyler Conklin. They, it's Minnesota pound the, you know, pound the football, pound and ground. Or, I'm sorry, ground and pound. Dalvin Cook is that one guy you've got to see. He's got to keep his head in the game this year. Their defense, I'm not going to lie, their defense is pretty good still. I mean, you still got Anthony Barr, you still got Anthony Harris, Harrison Smith. Defense will be there. It's this offense that I look at, and that offense is going to have to be revolved around Dalvin Cook. Alexander Madsen is licking his chops because he knows if Cook goes down, it's his team. Yeah, well, you know, I have Madison in one of my fantasy leagues just for that reason. Uh, but the Vikings, Rudy, as you said, they got the talent. They got the coach. They got the defense. This is a football team that if I could see anyone winning 12 games, it could be the Minnesota Vikings. Running the football is their forte. The receivers, Jefferson's there, right? So they they got everything they need 
to be successful. Uh, but you never know. Kirk Cousins, Rudy, he's he's an up-and-down quarterback. We saw him two years ago go to Buffalo and literally stink up the joint. He, yeah. He's going to have these games, Rudy, where you just think to yourself, why? Like, why, Kurt? Like, they're paying you a lot of money to be the yeah. guy. Uh, but last year he played very well and also won a playoff game in New Orleans, by the way, Rudy, which is difficult to do with that crap. Uh-huh. Uh, so Kirk Cousins has everything he needs. Uh, it's just going out there and uh, performing. Yeah, for sure. And I've got Minnesota finishing, I think, top of this division. But you're right. We got to get Kirk Cousins. We got to get the good Kirk Cousins in uh, for Minnesota to be there. So and we'll Rudy, see what he happens. The games that he's supposed to win. The teams that you're yeah. supposed to beat, you got to beat those teams. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that was the NFC North preview here on 4th and 40. When we come back, we'll be previewing preview that's a real tough word for me the nfc south <laughs> this is Rudy compost jr coach geo chris Gallup from fourth and 40 we'll be right back hey are you looking for that local flavor that local burger flavor look no further than burger boy oh the wonders that is burger boy are you a working man of course you're a working man do you like working overtime not all of us do but when it comes to burger boy they have both the working man special and the overtime special for you working men out there that's a double burger boy large fries large drink and for those of you working overtime add that extra meat we're talking triple burger boy large fries large drink yes burger boy the wonder that is san antonio welcome back to fourth and 40 rudy compost jr coach geo chris Gallagher, the man behind the glass talking nfc the entire nfc conference we already got to the nfc north took care of the nfc west now we're going south the dirty south the nfc south Speaking of Dirty South, we're just going to kick it off real quick because I've got about 10 seconds to spend on this team. That is the Atlanta Falcons. Matty Ice, you've broken my heart way too many times. I do not like you. Show some respect for your team, Rudy. Whatever. They They added – okay, I might give them 15 seconds. They added Todd Gurley, obviously, in the offseason. Receiving <laughs> core is still the same. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They went ahead and said – Adios to Austin Hooper, who was one of their main guys last year. Added a Hayden Hurst, which isn't a bad part. It's not a bad ad, I think. I like Hayden Hurst, you know, from his Baltimore days. You know, the the offensive line is still the offensive line. You know, you got Tarek, uh, Takaris McKinley, Grady Jarrett, you know, Dante Fowler. You still got guys on the defensive side. Adding to A.J. Terrell in the draft. Uh, Keanu Neal. I mean, you've got guys there. On the Falcons' defense, which I can speak highly on the defense, and I can more on the offense. It's just, man, I, I am, I am so over Matt Ryan. I, I've been over him for a while. Come on, the guy I, actually had a pretty decent season last got, year. He's Give got, he's got good years. He does. He has great he, years. He have not been able to be balanced either. And Dirk Cutter <sighs> was your offensive coordinator. Is very pass heavy. It seems like. Yeah, Brody. Uh, I think offensively, they got to run the football. Is Todd Gurley knees gonna keep up? I don't know. Um, that offense and the defense. Atlanta's to me a team that can't take that next step. I mean, they're probably projected to win eight or nine games. I could see them where they win maybe ten. They got the yeah. offense defensively, as you stated. All those good players. Quinn is just going to have to get the best of his entire team. Uh, because if he has another mm-hmm. season like last year, Rudy, which I thought he was going to get fired, which he didn't, he's probably going to be out the door. He's playing for his job. Hopefully these players 
can take it to the next step. But Matt, Matt yeah. Ryan has the team. They got. They have to run the football. Run the football and please, please, Dirk Cutter, feed Julio Jones. He's on my fantasy league. You know, Julio's on a lot of fantasy leagues, but Julio is <laughs> Julio is that it's the receiver. I think that's what frustrates me the most is they don't get the ball to Julio enough. And I say that with a very as a very broad statement because he does get his looks. Well, he does get his catches. This. With Hooper, he can go for two hundred yards. Yeah, with Hooper gone, they may need to force feed some of their receivers because how good is Hurst? You know, Dirk Cutter does like to feature tight ends in his offense. How good is Hayden Hurst? They are going to have to, and include uh, your third wide receiver, which is probably going to be Gage. Um, They need to feature those guys. Get the ball to Julio Jones. He's your best receiver. Find ways. uh, But this offense, they have to run the football already. That's a must this season. I, I say before we go on to the next team here in the NFC South preview, the one thing I do got to say is I think Todd Gurley, I know he's not the Todd Gurley of old, but if Todd Gurley could have, you know, half or, you know, maybe three-fourths of the season that he's capable of having, we'll see a different Atlanta team because Devontae Freeman was not the guy to, you know, to have everybody collapse into the box and free up your receivers. No, Todd could be that guy. I mean, Todd scored, what, over a good amount of touchdowns last season. I mean, he was still – pretty effective if he's whatever he was last season atlanta will be a dangerous team mm-hmm. i i care i yeah i really do think so i'm giving them crap because they're my team and they kind of broke my heart a lot but one team that's hard you know that has all heart i think is the next one the carolina panthers they did end up losing cam newton they added the teddy bridgewater all heart right there man teddy's a really good quarterback i love teddy bridgewater uh, pairing him with the christian yeah. mccaffrey well, I, I give them a lot more credit than what probably a lot of people do. <laughs> Their receiving core, you know, it, it's one of those receiving cores that is on paper. And when you look at the guys, this receiving core could really be a dominant receiving core at all three, you know, at all three positions on receiver. You got DJ Moore, you got Robbie Anderson, you got Curtis Samuel. Those names do not strike fear into anybody. But if you really know your football, that's three good catching receivers right there. These guys can make plays. Robbie yeah. Anderson can be a deep threat. Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel is consistent. I don't care what anybody says. He's been consistent. And DJ Moore is coming into his own now. You add, the, you add McCaffrey, the tight end position with Ian Thomas, who's very underrated. This offense looks a lot better than what people are going to give them credit for. It's their defense where I'm kind of – taking a step back, you know, Derek Brown, you know, you got Shaq Thompson, but it's not like anything, but everybody on the defense is like, doesn't scream like we're going to stop people. No. And I mean, the receiving core, like you said, from maybe the bird's eye view outside looking in people, it's not maybe the greatest talent, but like you said, they have speed. And Robbie Anderson unfortunately played for the New York Jets last season, which is literally like Siberia. So, He's going to come into his own. And Teddy Bridgewater, I know I gave him a lot of heat, but he is a pretty good quarterback. And you have McCaffrey back there, Rudy, which his usage rate, Rudy, is pretty insane. I mean, could you could we say he's like James Harden when it was like offensive like usage? I mean, they, they use this guy literally everywhere on the field. Defensively, yeah, they're going to be probably middle of the pack like they were last season. So, Rudy, I think they're the worst team. 
And what I mean by worst could be seven, eight wins, but they could be the worst team. They're probably going to finish in last place this season. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to be juggernauts in this division. This is actually a very tough division, obviously, including with the people that they've added at a certain team in this division. Carolina probably finishes, I think, fourth, you know, last in division. But it's not like they're a three-win team. I mean, no, I just, no, I no, think no, they're no. going to go, yeah, five, five and six on the very low end yeah. uh, for Carolina. But you're right. I think seven wins is probably ideal for these guys. You know the one the uh, the one thing that I have to keep in mind too is that they play in a division with a certain quarterback, and no, it's not Tom Brady, not just quite yet. I'm talking about Drew Brees, and Drew Brees having the best wide receiver in football right now, in Michael Thomas, he's having we're having some issues here. We're gonna, we're going to get to these issues in the fantasy countdown uh, show, but with an Alvin Kamara there, you know he you get an Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith. This isn't a Again, a dominant receiving core. You got Jared Cook, who's a solid tight end. But I think where it is in New Orleans is on the defensive end. I mean, we're talking Marcus Davenport, UTSA, UTSA's on Marcus Davenport, Cameron Jordan, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, Norris Jenkins, Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, the list goes on and on. This defense, I think, is what's going to win games for the Saints. I, I'm going to say it. I said it before. Drew Brees is on the decline right now. So is this the last year we see Breeze well, in a Saints uni? It, that might not be the last year, but Rudy, their salary cap next year is going to be hell. I mean, extremely hell. Yeah. I think this is their last go-around, Rudy. I think this is their true last go-around. And Drew has, to me, the past few seasons, he's kind of fallen off a cliff. Dating back to that year, they went to the NFC Championship game against the Rams. But yeah. like you said, offensively, <laughs> don't don't even get me started on that game. They should have won that game. They should have blown us out. But anyway, uh, the Saints have the offense. Kamara's back there. They have the receiving core. I don't like Jared Cook, but hey, he's still Jared Cook. And defensively, with Cameron Jordan, man, they just have they're loaded on that side of the football. This is a 11-12 win football team. They're going to compete with the uh, New England Patriots, or should I say, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and hey, man, they have the talent. I mean, shit. yeah, they do. They they're going to be competitive. I mean, Sean Payton is not going to not let them be competitive. Drew Brees is a competitor at heart. He's a great competitor. You know, they've got the talent on the offensive end. I just think their defense is a lot. Yeah, is it light years? No, but it's a lot better than what their offense. And can are. they pay? And can they please play Alvin Kamara? Because you're paying Taysom Hill sixteen million. So I don't understand. Yeah, but. The one thing a lot of people don't understand is the one thing that happened in the offseason, and that's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are looking at uh, the Philadelphia Eagles 2.0, back when they added Vince Young and who they have, Michael Vick. and I mean, all these other people were just being added to Philadelphia and making them, oh, the team and this and that. Well, they went out and added a Tom Brady. And we're not just saying that as like, oh, hi-ho, Tom Brady. No. They added Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady has, I think, a bigger chip on his shoulder this offseason. Can he get it done outside of New England? Is it Bill Belichick's system that was doing it for him? We're about to find out because not only did Tom come over, he brought Rob Brankowski over. Who was there already? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You know, they have Ronald Jones, but they also added a Leonard Fournette to this squad. This yeah. offense is looking pretty stout. 
flip on the you go to the other side of the ball for the side. You have Indominus and Sue, Vita Vey, Jason Pierre Pro, JPP. I mean, you got Shaquille Barrett. You've got guys on that defense where Tom is feeling a little comfortable considering he's had good defenses in New England. Is this the team to beat in the NFC? No. And last season, everyone was drinking the Kool-Aid on a similar team that plays in Cleveland. Uh, So much hype, so much, this is the year, this is the year. Rudy, what's one thing that can kill a team? Is expectations. And now this team is looking like a team that hasn't made the playoffs in over 10 years to finally make that next step. Be careful, because sometimes when there's expectations, you want to push it. Tom Brady, Rudy... Listen, he's better than Jameis Winston, but Tom Brady's arm, he's hes not young. And this offense is a down-the-field type of offense. I no. think Tom will fit well here. He has a lot of mouths to feed on this offense. This offensive line hopefully should be improved from last season, but he can't move around, Rudy. He can't extend plays. Yeah. So he's going to be standing in the pocket. Uh, and this defense which was actually a pretty good defense last season. Unfortunately, Jameis put them in some unfortunate situations. Yeah. Uh, but they have the recipe for a successful year. And they're, I'm going to pick there will be second place. I think the Saints will win this division, but Tampa yeah. Bay will be right there. But I could see this really being a disaster if Tom doesn't really progress or he's just not a good fit. Yeah. So that was the NFC Sales Preview. This is Rudy Campos Jr., Coach Geo, Chris Geller, 4th and 40. We'll be right back. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Sweep the League, 4th and 40, and the Fantasy Countdown, contact me, Rudy Campos Jr. My email is rcomposjr at icloud.com. Welcome back. 4th and 40, Rudy Campos Jr., Coach Geo, Chris Geller, the man behind the glass. Hey, we are covering the NF. Was that? What kind of glass is Chris behind? Plexiglass, bulletproof glass. We live in San Antonio, so it's got to be both. <laughs> I'm <not> sure. <laughs> uh, we are previewing the NFC conference. We went west. We went north. We just got done with south. Now we're heading to the NFC, what used to be the NFC least, but it is the NFC east. We are previewing all of the NFC conference. This will be the last one we preview here. Next week's 4th and 40 show, we actually get into the games uh, the game's happening since Finally, football starts bro. this About Thursday. Yeah, football starts this Thursday. So getting into the NFCs, we're just going to go pretty much right down. Washington, uh, stop. Wait a Washington football team. I mean, I know not to say it's the Washington football team. Uh, news out of Washington that they did end up releasing uh, Adrian Peterson, which I don't know if that's expected. Uh, this morning, there was word that they did release uh, safety Sean Davis as well. well right, a lot of I changes being made. That, that they were going to use uh, Adrian Peterson, and then t- mm. the next day he gets released. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for uh, the fantasy countdown, we'll get into this a little bit more once we have the fantasy countdown show. But <clears throat> excuse me, Antonio Gibson is the guy who steps into that starting running back spot. Dwayne Haskins, what do you see on this offense that? makes you believe they even have a chance. Uh, n- not much. <laughs> but Jeremy McLaurin there is a receiver, which I loved uh, coming in from last season. He'll step in. He'll continue to improve. Uh, Verdi, this offense, it's not going to be very good. So 
Yeah. Defensively, they're going, and defensively, I think they're, they're going to be pretty solid because uh, they're already pretty yeah. decent last season in the certain spots. Yeah, yeah the defense. defense should be fine. The offense, the offensive line struggled. Uh, to me, Rudy, again, they're going to be the worst football team in this division. But I think we're going to see more bright spots uh, from Hankins and Gibson, Rudy. We don't know much about this guy, Rudy. He was barely a running back in college, right? So it's like he's fresh. You don't know what to expect. Uh, but Hankins should take another step. How big of a step? Probably won't be super big, but he's going to progress pretty well. Yeah, I don't expect them to do really much on the offensive side. I mean, they did finish 3-13. I would be... I would be inclined to think they're going to finish right around the same thing, three and thirteen, maybe four and twelve. From rare had Christian McCaffrey. Not saying Gibson is going to be McCaffrey, but if they can use him similarly to McCaffrey, you you might have something there. We also have to remember too, Ron Rivera was the coach of Cam Newton. When you look at Dwayne Haskins, you're looking exactly. at a mobile quarterback. Exactly. So, so we mm-hmm. can see maybe some steps being taken by by Haskins this year. Is it enough? Like I said, I still see them three and thirteen, maybe a four and twelve. So um, <laughs> they're going to be a bottom team, which is not a bad thing. You know, everyone, you know, you got to have your teams that aren't going to they're going to struggle every year. Unfortunately, hey, you know, but that's not a bad thing for fantasy to, to always be down because they're going to be throwing it a lot this season. True, true. Haskins may be a late round pick, maybe even a daily fantasy play. Uh, yeah. Could be good for Haskins. Let's go on to. Uh, Silly your brotherly love, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Screaming Eagles. Jesus. This is a team, again, it's it's one of those teams, and we've talked about it a lot during this show. It's one of those teams where it's like they could be juggernauts. They could be good, but Rudy, they injuries. could also just be bad. Their <laughs> injuries, really, they, they've already started. Yeah. Their best guard already out for this. So many guys have already been hurt on this team. They can't catch a break. Uh Though I'm, um, you know, the Rams play in week two, so they have a ton of injuries already. But anyway, you got uh, Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, Jalen Rieger are the three guys that are injured or well, going. Rieger, yeah, injury. yeah. And then uh, their receiving core is already. I mean, really, they got so many injuries. Wentz, to me, I know he's been taking a lot of lack for always being hurt, but this football team is legit always hurt. Yeah, it is. There's something about Eagles. That just scream injuries and scream snake pit. I mean, you. I mean, you're looking at the Eagles side. It's it just going to come down to can they stay healthy? If they stay healthy, I still don't think they're the best team in this division. I don't I know. Just, actually. I mean, I don't even know where I have this team because it's probably third. They, I'm thinking I think three. The Giants. I'm third. I, listen, I, I'm kind of bullish though. I don't love Daniel Jones like you do, but I think the Giants could be in second place this season. I actually have the Giants in second. Like we were saying earlier, the Eagles, we're talking about them, and it's like they've got to be three or four. Could they be as – now, I'm going to throw this question. Before we go on to the Giants, i got to throw this. So give me a quick answer on this. Can the Eagles, with all these injuries, if they get snake bit again, can they be the worst team in this division? No, because I still think the Redskins on offense, it's just going to be a bad year for them that I don't think will get that bad. But – I could see a scenario where the Giants are the second best team in this division simply because the Eagles just don't have enough players. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, really, it's gotten so bad that they still have Peters, their left, who's like 80 years old. (laughs) (laughs) They just. They have Jason Kelsey, center. I mean, Kelsey's another one that's been there a while. 
Yeah, you know. Well, we got breaking news a little while ago from our man behind the glass, Chris Galler. Texans and Deshaun Watson have agreed to a four-year, $160 million extension per Adam Schefter. So, again. Four years? Four years. Four-year, $160 million extension. So, again, that means Dak is left out in the cold, obviously. But we'll get to Dak here in a little bit. Again, we're thinking the Eagles are not going to be that good. The team that we do feel is going to take a step up into the right direction is the New York football Giants. Danny Dimes, I've been on the Danny Dimes train since he was drafted. I said he will be the best quarterback to come out of that draft. So far, eh, I mean, it's kind of panned out a little bit. I mean, we can't really say much about Kyler Murray right now or anything like that. But you've got Danny Jones. You've got Saquon Barkley. The receiving core has the potential to be really, really good. I mean, Sterling Shepard is obviously injured all the time. Golden Tate (laughs) is Golden Tate. Darius Slayton is that guy where he can potentially be that one, that number one. Sleeping on, he had eight touchdowns last year. Eight. But you can't forget Evan Ingram. Huge target. Always, you know, already two guys always hurt. If they continue to be hurt, I think Darius Slayton is going to have a. It's just going to force feed him the football. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And they need to force feed him. They also need to keep it in Saquon's hands as much as possible. He can make plays for that team. Their defense is, is their defense. I mean, you've got to. You got a Blake Martinez, you've got Leonard Williams, you got a Dexter Lawrence, Jabril Preppers. I mean, they added a Logan Ryan as well. It's it, it's there. Is it enough to be the best team in this division? No, definitely not. I think the Giants are and going in the right direction. I think there's still a few players away on the offensive side and a few players away on the defensive side. Um, I, I think if you were to go out and add a top receiver at this point for the Giants – that might be closer to them, getting them closer to being the number one team in this division. But I'm with you, man. They're they're in second. So, I mean, that's that's kind of where I see them finishing. I think they have, you know, Jason Garrett, he, he's not a bad offensive play caller. I mean, the Cowboys have been pretty decent over the years. And when he was the offensive coordinator with Tony Romo, they played well in stretches. This is an offense. I think Daniel Jones will be okay. He can move with his legs. He got Barkley. I would love to see another receiver, and if they if their core just stays healthy, then I really see a scenario really where they're the second best team in this uh, division. And yeah, I mean, and truthfully, the best team in this division, and actually, uh, unfortunately, I have to admit, I, who's the best I'm, team? I'm gonna say if they stay healthy, and obviously, Chris is the a uh, big fan of this team. If this team stays healthy and clicks, we are talking about my NFC Super Bowl representative. Whoa! I'm Dallas that. Cowboys. I, I'm saying it because we thought the loss. We thought the we thought the loss of a Gerald McCoy was going to hurt, and then you hear yesterday that the reinstatement of yeah, Randy Gregg coming back. It doesn't hurt as much, man. How what was that? When was the last time we saw Greg play a football game? No, no, I get it. He's second. He's second string right now. But if you get Gregory back and he stays clean and he plays those his potential, this Dallas defense got that much better. It's already good. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, Dontario Poe, Everson Griffin on the line. Your linebacking core of Jalen Smith, Vanderish, and Lee. They're it's their cornerback Sec- position. Their that- secondary is going to be. Where I think 
gets a little leaky. Yes, the second the secondary is going to be there. And Rudy this did is, just release Ha Ha Clinton Dix. They did. They really and I, maybe would open the door for Earl Thomas, but hasn't yet. I'm thinking that's where they're going to go is in Earl Thomas. They if they had Earl Thomas, then okay, the secondary is not going to be as burned as everybody thinks they are. But adding a Trayvon Diggs, I think, is huge to this team at that cornerback position. I'm hoping and I'm expecting Trayvon to actually not be so much of that cut that, uh, oh, God, what am I saying? The shutdown corner. But I know he's, I have a feeling he's going to do some good things. The offense, man. I mean, you've got Dak Prescott, who's been putting up stupid numbers lately, you know, in the, every season. Zeke Elliott has been Zeke Elliott. The receiving core of Cooper and a very underrated Michael Gallup. You went out into C.D. Lamb. Like I said, the only weakness that I've seen on the Dallas Cowboys offensive uh, offensive side is Blake Jarwin. And that's not even a huge, you know, huge decline. But I think if they were to have a better tight end, this team would be stacked tremendously from head to toe. Yeah, no, Rudy, they're stacked on both sides of the football. Still one of the better offensive lines in the league. And C.D. Lamb, a rookie wide receiver, comes in the fold with Gallup and Cooper. It's going to mix very well. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting. One thing I'll add, Mike McCarthy's not calling the plays this season. So Mike McCarthy normally is a pretty good play caller, so that kind of surprised me a little bit. But with, with the whole COVID situation and kind of the uncertainty, I guess, they want to keep things as it was last season. But as you said, Rudy, they have the players. Their secondary is going to be a little leaky. Um, and it'll definitely be tested week one against the Rams. So, But this Cowboys team, I mean, they're poised, uh, I hate to admit it, for a big year if everything just seems to click. I think it will. I mean, if they stay healthy and they get the uh, you know, the experience, the production they're expecting, that's why I said Cowboys are my NFC representatives for the Super Bowl. Do you so. have like a cowboy hat or something that you're wearing? No, right I now? don't. I, I'm a cowboy fan by marriage. I've said that to everybody. So this was the NFC Conference preview here at the 4th and 40 show. Getting ready for football. Well, last week you did the AFC. This week, NFC. Go back and check out our AFC preview if you missed that. Uh, this will be up on uh, Spotify and Anchor and also on the uh, Project Spurs Network. We are uh, teaming up with Project Spurs Network. You can see it on their website as well. Also, we have uh, www.sweeptheleague.com. At Sweep the League on Twitter for myself, Rudy Compos Jr. Coach Geo is at Coach Geo. Just add an extra O at the end. If you want to get with the man behind the glass, Chris Geller, it's at Official Mr. 300. It's Mr. 300 because this guy is a beast. He shot another 300 in the league this past week. So, I mean, that's probably like number 100 on there. So, for him. Uh, what's that? Is he juicing? I don't know. You really can't juice in bowling, <laughs> I think. Um, but, yeah, those are our social medias. You can go, like I said, www.sweepdeleague.com to find all of our fantasy rankings. You'll find the 4th and 40 show on there as well. Thank you for joining us. Rudy Complex Jr., Coach Geo, Chris Geller. See you all next week.